0: Hi, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's uh, Speaking with Suppliers podcast. Chip Leibengood from Aviva Metals in Lorain, Ohio, has joined me today, and we're going to talk about all things red and yellow metals. Welcome, Chip. Thank you, Miles. Good to be here. So Chip, I, uh, I remember meeting you at our PMTS show, and I know that your company has a wide inventory across, not just bronze, but brass and copper and, and, and in different, different product forms. So why don't you give our listeners uh, some idea of the bre- breadth of what it is Aviva Metals has to offer? Sure thing, it would be my pleasure to do so. Uh, Aviva started
1: its uh, journey in 1983 as National Bronze and Metals. Starting first as National Bronze, then National Bronze and Metals. We changed our name uh, in 2017 to be more indicative of uh, all things red metal and not just a a geographically uh, located company or a singular alloy uh, centric company. So we focus solely on copper-based alloys, uh, alloys that have at least 60% uh, copper in them, and they're alloyed with other elements, zinc, aluminum, tin, lead, and a myriad of other uh, elements which give you uh, added strength or uh, ductility depending on application. So We start at the 100 series of uh, the Copper Development Association alloys, which are known for their conductivity. We stock from oxygen-free, Copper to 110 ETP copper, uh, to beryllium and chromium coppers uh, that you find in your resistance welding applications. We continue to the 200 uh, series, 300 uh, series with the free machining brasses, uh, the low impurity brasses into the 464 family navel, uh, the 500 and 600 series. Uh, 600 you'll find uh, the aluminum bronzes that are utilized in aerospace applications. Um, all the way up to the 800 and 900 uh, series alloys, which are uh, casted by nature. So our product range encompasses uh, from rot to cast, uh, from 101 to 997, uh, and everything in between. Uh, And we inventory upwards of 11 million pounds between our two locations in Lorain, Ohio, and Houston, Texas, uh, ready for immediate shipment. So... I'd like to say we're the soup the nuts one-stop shop for copper-based alloys from sheet form uh, to rounds, uh, tubing, uh, and plate.
0: So uh, 11 million pounds, if it's in stock, you have it.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> we are uh, uh, very committed to our inventory levels, and we've gotten the reputation over the years of uh, being the, the go-to for the widest breadth of, and depth of uh, copper-based alloys.
0: So our shops typically uh, would, would use bar as a workpiece. Uh, in some cases, they might use pipe or tubing. And there are probably some applications for wire. You, you carry wire products as well. Is that right? Yeah,
1: we do wire for specific customers. We stock down to uh, eighth inch diameter. Um, but as far as coiled wire, that would be a produced for order and uh, in JIT programs.
0: Okay. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about aerospace. So aerospace is a market that, you know, is, uh, it's, it's not our largest market. I suppose our largest market served is probably automotive most years, uh, 2020 and 2016 accepted, but, um, aerospace don't typically think of red metals in aerospace, but, uh, you know, you list you listed a, a few AMS grades at the at the beginning of our chat. Yes, uh, we
1: find uh, the largest usage in the aerospace sector in the landing gear, and primary that is an AMS forty six forty or a CDA six thirty alloy. But you also see AMS forty eight eighty, which is the uh, the casted and heat treat version, and that. Uh, absorbs all of the shock when that plane comes out of the and touches down on the uh, landing strip. So you want to have a very strong bearing, uh, which what those alloys definitely give you that. Um, the 630 is the cast and, and drawn or the uh, forged uh, version of it. And AMS 4880 is the cast and uh, heat treated version of it. And uh, also 4881, which has a, a higher, even a higher uh Tensility and hardness. So what we see is a lot of alloys being utilized in the um, landing gear as well as the latches on doors anywhere where you need uh, a high strength, very durable <clears throat> alloy, but will also give you some wearability. Uh, and those the Dreamliner, for example, are coming to their 10 year uh, life cycle to where all those bearings are going to be replaced. So it is business that you uh, is ongoing and is continuing to grow as the fleet ages.
0: So, the the, 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 the I I'm familiar with copper grades for conductivity. Um, this idea of strength, I mean, and it, it makes sense. That's not really any thermal loading. It's it's strictly bearing and strength on the landing gear application. Right?
1: Correct. In a landing gear application, it's there for, for wear and, and durability.
0: So you have similar, uh, I remember seeing in construction and off-road, we have similar bearings and copper materials in in hydraulic cylinders. Is, is that something that's uh, a pretty good market for Aviva? It is. Uh, 932
1: uh, or the SAE 660 uh, nomenclature is what it was known as uh, previously. It's still used today as as that nomenclature, but CDA 932 is is the more popular call-out, is the workhorse alloy. Uh, It does have 7% lead in it. It is by far the widest uh, used alloy um, due to its machinability and uh, wear resistance. So you find that in lawnmowers to uh, hydraulic pumps and cylinders. Um, it, the problem with the leaded alloy is it'll wear out a little bit uh, too quickly if faced with a, a harder uh, mate. So that's where you get into the aluminum bronzes and the heat treated alloys. <clears throat> it all depends on customer application, fit form and function. And, uh, what, what is the most important? Uh, you don't want the bearing to wear out too quickly, but you also want to protect, uh, what it's supposed to, uh, keep from wearing.
0: Well, I guess I need to get my Mits on a lawnmower. The only copper I remember seeing on the, the mowers I buy is the wire to the spark plug. So
1: <laughs> they'll be pressed in and, and not really visible. And you probably won't think about it until you have a wheel fall off.
0: No, I I remember though, you're talking about uh, expected life. So I remember uh, we'd put some steel into uh, into a machine shop, a PMPA member shop. And they made the shaft for a, a mower for a brand to remain unnamed, and uh, it was induction hardened. There was a key slot in it, and they uh, they they brought it back and they said that the, you know the key slot broke. And I thought, well, what the hell did you have in for a key? And they put a hardened steel key in, and I said, the key's supposed to break, not the shaft. Yeah.
1: Not the shaft.
0: Not the shaft, but you know, I mean, it's a wonder they didn't use hardened steel for the doggone bearing too. But the way they did this, this was crazy. So it was like a lawn. Uh, it was like a lawn tractor, a, a self-propelled deal. They literally had it cabled to uh, a ring on a shaft, and they just, when it would run out of gasoline, they would pour more gasoline, start it up, and just let it go with the wheels cambered out so it would just keep going till they got their 900 hours. <laughs> 900 hours life for a lawnmower, uh, 10 years life for the Dreamliner. Um, it's amazing. So it's, it's interesting to me. So we know we're going to replace these bearings on these Dreamliners, and we know they're going to be recycled. And isn't that really one of the most important things for all of us to think about? both as, as, as shop personnel, but as consumers. And that's this idea of infinite recyclability.
1: You know, by nature, we're um, a scrap guy um, before we're a foundry and because all of our, I would say, 85 to 90% of what we melt is from scrap. <clears throat> and 60% of all copper uh, in, in use today is coming from scrap. Um, so, you know, you basically have 95% of every copper uh, ore that has been mined uh, and put into circulation is still in circulation because it is infinitely recyclable. So you can say we're, uh, we've are we been green before Kermit. Uh, it's not just a new movement. It's something that's been as a part of our business since we um, started in 1984 and, and was in, in, intrinsic to the industry as a whole uh, to utilize and, and uh, remelt copper-based uh, scrap. And as we get into a projected copper deficit, uh, which is uh, Goldman and most of the leading financial experts say is going to occur in 2024, that scrap stream becomes that much more important. Um, and it's, that's where uh, member companies need to focus upon segregation, uh, which brings up the value of their scrap, which makes it more attractive to us uh, for that circular economy. Uh, so as they're machining, segregating those chips, uh, making sure they're clean and dry, make make that uh, scrap that much more attractive and valuable for us, for our infeed.
0: Absolutely. And failure to segregate can totally destroy, totally destroy the value of an entire truckload of material.
1: Miles, absolutely catastrophic uh, with you, with certain uh, contaminants, uh, cadmium, uh, chromium, silicon. Bismuth. Bismuth is is a death knell to a melt. And with the bismuth-based alloys as a replacement to the leaded alloys, uh, you've got to be very, very careful because they both look like a duck, quack like a duck, but they're very, very different from one another. They machine the same. uh, So you've got to be very, very careful in uh, the segregation of the two.
0: Yeah, I I think if, if our listeners take only one thing from this, besides the fact that Aviva has 11 million pounds, of copper material in stock Send orders, <laughs> it it would be it would be the importance of this this scrap segregation and identification because um, it, it is a circular economy um, as you said uh, Goldman is predicting a deficit next year and you know I I grew up in Youngstown and anytime there were layoffs and the economy was in a recession. All of a sudden, the air conditioners start disappearing out of people's windows.
1: Ironically enough, thieves just stole the uh, copper wire for our telephone system last week. So there's a copper company getting their copper telephone wire stolen uh, in in a market to where copper is at around $3.90 a pound.
0: Wow. Well, it, I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing. So segregation and, and by golly, security, too.
1: Absolutely. You know, the the, the speculation or the, the number that's kicked around is 6 million tons of recyclable material uh, are used annually uh, in, in the copper industry. And that's projected to grow 5% annually. Uh, large multinational companies like Arubis and uh, Veland have broke ground and uh, are smelting material in the United States. And that used to go to Asia for smelting. Uh, so this is... Um, You know, by relative comparison, we're we're a small mill. We talk in pounds. The other folks talk in tons. Um, But the the big guys are putting a massive capex into this country to keep that scrap here and not send it to China. And China's had that insatiable appetite for scrap for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, the trend is uh, hoping to shift to keep that uh, closer to home.
0: Well, you know, they uh, don't call it Dr. Copper for nothing. I mean, as the economy goes, as technology goes, copper is really the leading indicator. And, you know, here in the U.S., uh, per, co- per capita, uh, copper uses about 13 pounds. And with vehicle electrification and, and the electrification of everything, I mean, it's, we. I talk about elect- e-mobility, but my God, there's, There's three of my neighbors have battery-powered lawnmowers.
1: Well, as you see the EV uh, trend continue, uh, it's not just the vehicles, but if you think school buses, postal trucks, um, those are going to be mandated to be electric. Now you're going to have an infrastructure uh, problem because not only generating the power, but it's getting it from point A to point B, and all of that relies on copper for conductivity. Uh, You can utilize aluminum, but it has a much less Conductivity rating; it's about a third, so it's not as practical. Um, so you know, the electrification is 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 possible, but there are several hurdles that have to be overcome to get there. It's not going to be something that uh, that the the pundits say is going to happen by year X. You have a you have a serious infrastructure problem uh, that uh, one has to overcome before you can get to that point.
0: Well, I I just did an article on uh, e mobility and the fact that i had was global copper constru- uh, consumption was supposed to be 29 million metric tons by 2027 that's up 17% yes 17% is uh, i mean that's breathtaking and
1: and that'll only continue to increase
0: and 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 that's going to only continue to put strains on supply chain as well as recycling
1: Oh, and I think that's where you know Aviva comes into play uh, as a partner uh, not a vendor vendors are machines we look at ourselves as a supply chain partner we like to uh, become an extenuation of the purchasing and engineering departments of a company anticipating uh, problems and working on them together um, what alloys uh, will be coming down the pike you know our mill partners we are also a, a major importer of uh, copper alloys not just the alloys that we produce. Uh, So we can cover the the whole uh, gamut of of those copper alloys. And we work from uh, small uh, mom and pop machine shops up to fortune 250 companies. Uh, Our minimum order is relatively low at $500. We are small enough to run between the legs of the giants, but large enough uh, to uh, be as competitive. So a... um, there there's no such thing as a small order with us we're, we're we were built as a whack and pack facility uh, we still do quite a bit of ups each day uh, quite a bit of LTL all the way up to flatbed uh, so i mean we are positioned to be nimble and to be reactionary uh, and with our customer base and also proactive to what's coming down the pike boy
0: in 2024 if the if the if that shortfall comes Comes to fruition, that 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 uh, that semi may need somebody riding shotgun on it. <laughs> you are kidding. That's uh, like you said. They they've already come for your telephone wire. So as a supply chain partner, um, it's important in a partnership to have a partnership of equals, and our shops really lead. In the area of quality control, quality assurance, quality planning, quality systems, and so um, you know, I come from a metals background, and quality systems are really important if you're going to have integrity of of product and 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 faith in it. So, why don't you outline for our listeners the quality systems and your approach to quality at Aviva?
1: We are uh, AS9100 certified uh, from a manufacturing perspective, and we're also AS9120B certified from a distribution standpoint. So the onus uh, on quality is something that we take quite seriously here. Our quality system is quite robust. uh, From our foundry products, which we cast in Lorain, Ohio, we cast up to uh, 16-inch diameter. Uh, We've got two horizontal casters and five vertical casters. We have an on-staff metallurgist. We have an on-staff lab. Uh, we can assist from alloy identification all the way to failure analysis and uh, the uh, engineering side standpoint of it. So everything that we do uh, is based upon supporting the customer. And if it is a problem with troubleshooting, even if it's not our material, we're, we're there to, to lend a hand on on that uh that trouble shooting mechanism, but our quality system is quite robust. Uh, our supplier qualification is, is quite uh, thorough and we are very careful on who we choose as our mill partners for those products that we don't produce in-house uh, so quality before anything else is kind of our, of our mantra.
0: So your, your products, your manufacturing products are off your casters Uh, many of the items that our shops would purchase would be either extrusions or cold drawn. So uh, how do you you source those materials?
1: Well, we have an uh, affiliation with a South African extrusion mill as well as mills all over the world. So we import brass products. We import uh, copper products uh, from Germany, um, from Brazil, uh, from most of Europe. So these mill partnerships go back uh, 40 years. Uh, our uh, president, Norman Lazarus, has worked hard over the last 40 years to make these uh, partnerships with with uh, these mills to where you know, we have some exclusivities in place. Uh, so those alloys that your shops would think of going into a, a spindle or, or going into a bar feeder that are extruded and drawn, that's what makes up a big core of that 11 million pounds, our cast product uh, amounts to about 40%, uh, 45% of our volume. The the, the majority of it is going to be uh, either a rot product where uh, you rolled uh, or uh, extruded and drawn. Yeah,
0: definitely a higher value add needed for our shops. Yes, and,
1: and all of that scrap has value. Uh, so it all comes back to scrap when you start talking about the circular economy. Uh, segregate those chips, and and that that would be something that we would partner with to to bring them back into our uh, feedstock.
0: Absolutely important. So, uh, you know, when you start thinking about bronze and castings, I start thinking about valves, big honking valve bodies, and that takes me to oil and gas. Uh, Being being located in Houston, Texas, it's something we are a little bit attached to. A little bit, yeah. Uh, how's, how's that work for you? I mean, is that when we we talk? Uh, so, on the one hand, we're talking about increasing per capita copper consumption with increasing electrification of our vehicles and uh, lawnmowers. And I mean, even these tools used to have one cord on them. And now we've got a cord in a charger and we got batteries and we got, you know, there's just everything's increasingly electrified. So, um, how do you see this? playing against the oil and gas and the the fossil fuels. Is that something you worry about or you just, you know, buy more, we'll make it? You
1: know, in in all honesty, I don't see that making much of an overall uh, impact to where it'll curtail the oil and gas production because we're producing domestically more and more fuel than we ever had. We were a net exporter at one point in time. Yes. After being after being an importer for years and years and years, so the advent of uh, fracking in the in the uh, Permian Basin, Marcellus Shell, which is you know Pennsylvania, New York, um, had promoted the need for even more bronzes because those big pumps that pressurize that water uh, to go downhole. Uh, to break up the rock formations to allow you to get to uh, the natural gas and, and to the oil, they use a lot of bronze, and that bronze wears out through continuous use.
0: Well, it does. So, There's, they're, they're not just pumping water. They're pumping sand.
1: Yes, yeah. They've got to move. That's <laughs> highly pressurized. The big ones are like 2,500 horsepower, They are and they're workhorses. They run them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And each one of those cylinders, uh, each one of those um, – rings and, and, uh, seals. I mean, you've got bronze there and, uh, you know, as you, as you frack more and more, and as you do more downhole well, uh, work, you're going to utilize more copper based alloys. So, you know, uh, it's a little bit, as you see oiled trend towards 70, 75, it has slowed a little bit. Um, the, the the main uh, folks that are involved in that business see it cooling into Q3 but they do see uh picking back up in in Q4
0: but they're still working overtime right they they
1: certainly are and the hand's been hot for the last 18 months uh post covid uh when the world had to wake back up again uh from the the slumber that uh, was forced upon us uh for a couple of a uh, months
0: so i guess i guess the last question i have for you being that you are uh nationwide but but global uh, in terms of your supply as well, is uh, from your vantage point, what are you seeing regarding work, manufacturing work coming back to North America? Is that something you've noticed in your order book or is that something we just talk about and chatter about on LinkedIn?
1: Oh, it's it's certainly not just um, chatter. It definitely is viable. We have seen plants that had moved uh, to Mexico and then to Asia uh, resuscitating uh, a workforce here domestically. We've seen it in Texas. Uh, we've seen it throughout the heartland. We've seen it in the northeast. Uh, so there's definitely a reshoring uh, uh, headwind, uh, or, or, or there's a rest- uh, definitely is a, a, a res- reshoring uh, impetus uh, occurring, yes. and we're we're seeing some things from some folks that were outsourced to maybe India and China coming back to uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Um, certain state governments are very very friendly to uh, capitalism, and they're welcoming them back with some tax breaks to allow us to make products competitively in the United States again. And I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: Well, one of the things that I found when I explored your website was you've got uh, you've got a couple of references, and one was a materials grade uh, translator, much like I prepared for steel for our PMPA members, and it listed the uh, the different materials by AMS and copper and UNS and and all the different uh, naming schemes. So. I thought that was very helpful if if someone comes across a a new order from overseas and it's got some strange designation for what we know as a copper-based material, chances are you've got it on that translator document.
1: Absolutely. And that stems from being um, a company that deals with foreign specs on a regular basis. We have a department that is dedicated only for trading for export. So uh, translating those specifications, be it a DIN spec or uh, uh, an old SAE spec, uh, an AMS spec, uh, we, we're definitely something we're adroit with.
0: Well, as a steel guy, the questions I would normally ask, like, will the magnet stick to it or will it? <laughs>
1: Hey, it will. Some of the aluminum bronzes have iron in them, uh, so the the magnet test is still something that we use with some scrap. But you know, I know you're a skill a steel guy uh, at, by nature. But unfortunately, if it rusts, it ain't us.
0: If it rusts, it ain't us. Okay. Uh, what did I miss? What did I? What did I? What should I have asked that I didn't? We talked about inventory. We talked about minimum order sizes. We talked about quality. And by golly, we talked about scrap segregation, folks. Keep it separate if it's a different material. What did we miss?
1: Well, I would stress that in our foundry, we take great pride in process control. Uh, Repeatability, continuity uh, is is something that's very, very high on our list. We want to make it right the first time. Every time uh, we strive to make sure that our product that we put into the marketplace, uh, it's an extenuation of our name. So we, we do take that quality uh, very, very seriously, but process control um our mill in comparison to our peers out there is from a continuous cast standpoint is the newest one out there it was uh, just commissioned in 2010. we've been casting on that facility well that facility started in 1968 so it had been casting it on that land for a very long time but the mill itself that we're operating now was commissioned in 2010 and our continued uh, capital expenditures at that mill with the latest technology uh, parameters to make sure that the casting temperature is exact, um, to be sure that that exit cooling water is within a certain range, whether that, that bar is coming off of that caster at a certain temperature and a certain feed rate. All that we, we capture in Hysteronics, and we, we go back if there is any issues and we can pinpoint. So one of the things that was, is really a, a good takeaway is how vital that process control is and how that allows our product to be um, consistent. Uh, from the, the first pound of the heat to the last pound of the heat. We're constantly monitoring chemistry, temperature, uh, and and everything in between.
0: Well, I'm not at all surprised to hear hear the sermon about process control from a company with AS9100D and AS9120B certifications. Chip, thanks so much for the conversation. It was great to learn about Dr. Copper and and how your company can help our members uh, access it uh, besides lifting it from the phone system
1: uh, exactly miles it's a pleasure to speak with you today I look forward to the uh the next time our our paths cross and uh, we're very excited and proud of our affiliation uh with the pmpa thank you chip take care